Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Tyler Cash here. It's an episode of Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast. Finally chatting hockey with my boy, Tommy. How we feeling, bud? Tired in general, not just from blues <laughs> hockey, but uh, a lot of work shit, a lot of uh, other stuff going on. Just a lot of shit happening. A lot yeah. of life, adulting. No, yeah, no good outlets right now. Baseball is over, Cardinals choke, so they can go deep into October. Blues haven't won a game since we podcasted and probably then some about two plus weeks ago. And uh, yeah, it's not getting any better. So Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely dive into what the hell is going on with the St. Louis blues. I feel like if, if anybody could have some insight as to what they need to do, uh, it would be you of all people, honestly. <laughs> but that. like I said, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, yeah. It's just good to, good to see you, man. It's good to chat. Uh, you're going to try to make it into to Vegas this weekend. I'm literally going to do a uh, probably like a 24 hour turnaround. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you deserve it though. Getting away, gonna gonna throw back a few. Watch your Blues get their asses kicked. Probably here in my own. Yeah, barn. watch watch that be the game. The Blues just fucking like win eight to two or some bullshit. You know what though? Like the Blues need the point. My Knights are first in the league. They have the longest win streak with eight games. Yeah, Blues uh, have the longest lose streak with eight games. Something's got to give. Wow, wow. Yeah, they lost to the Philadelphia Flyers tonight, right? I saw that three to nothing. That, five you know what? One final. Five, wait, five one. Three three nothing after the second, and then oh yeah, my five God. one at the end. You know what? Let, let's start with this then. I feel like we're already chatting about it. What the hell's going on? Blues can't buy a break. They're averaging like less than I think now, like less than 1.7 goals a game, easily last in the league. Going up against the team who has the third worst goals per game in the NHL and the Flyers, like 2.5. They pop five on you. Go figure. Um, simply put, blues just aren't getting any breaks. I mean, I, I caught as much of the first period as I could, but some of the second. I mean, Blues had three crossbars in the first period. I mean, you're that close to, you know, being one or two or three nothing to, to, to kick off the game. Who knows what happens from there? And then what the tale of time this season is the Blues just don't play defense in the second period, which is crazy because I believe last year the Blues had like a top five goal differential in the second period. And now it's blast in the league. They, right. I think, allowed three goals in the third in the second period, the last four of their five games. Rough. I mean, Blues can't score. Guys on defense aren't, I guess, playing their man quite well. Forwards what? aren't back checking. Like the fourth goal tonight against the Flyers, Cairo coasts into the zone. His guys wide open. And you know, it really makes no sense because on paper, the Blues have some of the best defense in the league. I mean, uh, all right, sorry to, to, to rephrase Cairo. They didn't score because Grice made a hell of a save, but guys wide open. Cairo's coasting back for uh, per usual this season for whatever fucking reason and prime scoring chance that Grice keeps it from being four nothing. But then eventually four nothing came later and then five. Well, four one, five one. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but 
to, to my point, Tori Krug, Nick Letty, which they added last year, um, Pareko, um, Bortuzzo, who just celebrated what was that his 500th NHL game, which is just crazy. Um, I mean, their defense looks like it should be good, but then you got Tori Krug sitting at a negative 11. And as you mentioned, the forwards are, they're not back checking. They're, 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 this is atrocious. Negative 15 for Jordan Cairo. Negative 15. 10 games into the season now, 11. Right. And and he's been, and he's been juggled around. It's not like he's solidified their top line minutes. Like he's, he's just on the ice every time the opposing team is scoring. And, and, then when you look at the flip side, I guess he did net a few as of recently, but three goals and one assist for four points in 10 games. Minus two tonight. So now he's a minus 17 and 11 games played. Wow. Fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like the Blues, the only thing, the only people that are somewhat showing up is the Shen. He, uh, he's got 10 points in 10 games, but most of those assists. Folk, not bad. I mean, I guess he's got the best plus minus out of out of majority of their defensemen. Yeah, I mean, I'm going back like two seasons, right? And I'm looking at the defense two seasons ago, I think compared to pretty much now. And like the only thing is like still had Justin Falk, had Vince Dunn. He's now with Kraken, obviously, from the expansion draft. Still had Bortuzzo. Gunnarsson had that knee surgery, kind of came back, ended up retiring. Had Krug, had Mikola, who's had a couple years to develop, have Pareko, who's had even a couple more years to develop and should be in his prime. And then you had just depth guys like Santini, Renke, Wallman. So you have pretty much Pareko, Mikola, Krug, Falk, and Bortuzzo. Five of your six guys are there two years ago and you're top of the league. So it's 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 a combination of like you can't score. So you're in this rut where as soon as you go down one goal, you're basically like, oh, full or fucked, I feel like. And if you can't score, you can't get any breaks. Again, three crossbars in the first period. Like that's brutal. And a team like not even scoring two goals a game. Um, I'm sure, that's even worse if you go over this eight game span versus the take out the three wins we have. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have that combined with just I think of the Kings blues game where you just let in three back to back to back cross crease guys, literally just sitting there at the other side of the crease, just tap ins and no one's there to cover them. So it's like the defense is playing good for 50 minutes, 55 minutes of the game. It's these 30 second minute spurts where somehow things just get out of whack, either from defenders, just leaving guys wide open in the front, like game against the Bruins two nights ago, or yesterday guaranteed you're on the PK. There are two goals, literally a guy less than five feet out from Bennington, and the other guy is teed up basically right in between the circles. What do you think is going to happen, and why is no one defending that? It's like you're yeah. just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, right. and then and then all of a sudden you're deflated, and that builds, and then another shitty goal gets let up, and it just mounts, and then no one's able to break out of it. I mean, the Blues tried old tricks tonight, tried to get a couple fights going. They didn't win either of them. And then kind of, all right, got out of the first, you know, scoreless. Like, that's not the worst thing. And then, yeah, three goals in the last 10 minutes of the of the second, let alone one with three seconds to go, which is a huge backbreaker. It's just people can't score. 
You're getting zero production from anyone, which is even crazier because you had what the most guys with 20 goals last year on a team in like 20 years, I think. Like seven 20 goal scores, eight 20 goal scores, whatever it was, and now no one can find the fucking back of the net. Like, what gives? And yeah, like, I, yeah, you have Perron gone. Sure, you have Huso gone, but that's gonna suddenly make all of your offense dry up. I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, the, that hasn't really affected the team yet. That's the scary part. These contracts that you have coming up for Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo haven't even taken, you know, they haven't kicked in yet. So it, it, when those contracts kick in, these seven points, you know, in, in 10 games at a negative five for Robert Thomas. And then, as I mentioned with Cairo, negative 15, you said negative 17 after tonight. Um, then that's going to look really bad. Um the man, you know, the team is in shambles and they have no identity and they're just struggling when your captain one goal two for now. one point. Two now. Okay. He, t- okay. he tied John Gibson in the scoring race, so he's it's two two for each now. Wow, just for what and, it's worth. But in, but the the I know people like to shit on the plus minus, like it doesn't really matter, but negative 12 for one of the best two way centers in the league. I mean, like that's that's his bread and butter, right? Like, you know, always forcing the four check, like always getting back in enough time, just making the right moves, like in making the right plays. I mean, what's going on with him? I mean, I, I saw like there was a post game interview where he was getting interviewed and he's like, he just, he took full responsibility, which I thought was great. Um, But I mean, from there you have to evolve, you have to adapt, you have to change. And yeah, I mean, two points in 11 games at a negative, at least a negative 12. I don't know if that's if stat changed because of tonight or not. is not acceptable for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, he's even tonight for what it's worth. But yeah, I mean, like, what's interesting is, again, I get production and the young guys and everything, but like, O'Reilly played 16 minutes tonight. Robert Thomas played almost 20 minutes tonight. Braden Shin played 18 minutes tonight. So something, I don't know, something's going on. I mean, even situationally speaking, like he's your shutdown center, but something's not happening. But again, that's one part of the puzzle. You got guys left wide open on the PK. You got guys left wide open on cross crease passes for absolutely no reason. And it's like when the puck gets cycled in the zone, people just don't know where to go lately and it's frustrating to see and then people want to obviously bag on goaltending as well sure i mean you can look at it and say yeah i mean maybe they could have had one back but cool if they had one back even two back still can't fucking score yeah you can't find the back of the net yeah goaltending's not going to mean anything at that point i i know you did mention before though that you feel like the performance of Bennington during the regular season last year was lackluster and and he he really doesn't turn it on until like the pressure mounts. I mean, at, at, at this point now, they have to start winning games. And the last time this team looked this bad to start the season, they got a first round pick, first overall pick, yeah. 2006 Stanley Cup one. champion Eric Johnson. Rough. Um, that's the last time this team was this bad out the gate. So my question to you is what changes, what gives, how are they going to turn this around? Or is this going to be just something where you're going to continue to ride the season out and, and compete for, uh, the Bedard, um, draft lottery, I guess. Well, I think it's still too early for that. There's teams out there that are just way worse on, like on paper, on ice. I don't care how you put it. Like the blues aren't even a bottom five team. If the season continues the way it does, I feel like, if, and that's, that's being as realistic as I can. Yeah, I can see him being an absolute shitter right now, but 
I mean, the, the way to put it is like GM Doug Armstrong already came out and said, like, this isn't the coach problem. I'm not moving the fucking coach, basically. I'm not firing a coach. We've done that like three times before. Not happening again. This guy was in our AHL development group. He brought up young guys. He developed young guys. Clearly not him. He's not the issue. He had, what, four seasons now? Three seasons now where he's been under the helm and had great individual regular season success. And all of a sudden, no one wants to play. This doesn't seem like a coach issue. And then, like they said, if this keeps happening, maybe the locker room needs to be shaken up. Maybe someone needs to get out. There's also word that giving Cairo that eight-year deal, people aren't happy about it in the locker room, too. So, like, who knows? Like, did he earn it? I mean, sure, he had a great season on paper where he put up nearly a point per game, but he was a ghost at the end of the season. Wasn't really that productive in, in, in playoffs, to my knowledge. I mean, maybe he was, but, like, to be able to do that and then kind of jump into the deal that he got, it's about eight years, 65 mil. So, like, a little bit over eight mil a season. And then, yeah, it's just... I don't know. I mean, same with, with Thomas, but I, I mean, for what it's worth, I feel like Thomas was a bit more consistent. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I, either way, however you want to cut it, like, I think the Blues took gambles on both of them, thinking, okay, if these both guys have a great fucking year next year, we're probably looking at like nine, ten mil, you know, if yeah. we put a point per game again at that point. Um, and then do the Blues pay that? Like, did they do another bridge deal? Are they gone in three years or five years versus potentially eight? So who 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 the fuck knows at this point i feel like and we'll we'll figure it out as as we go i think because there's not really much to say besides players need a wake-up call team needs to play a complete game together and if that doesn't happen anytime soon like i'm expecting something to happen i mean you can easily speculate who knows maybe you're finally say fuck it see you tarasenko we're done yeah we'll pull the plug there maybe that does something i don't know maybe you say you do something even drastic or than that. I mean, maybe you you find a way to move like a Thomas or a Kairu on someone else who has a similar deal who might be like a, a five mil or six mil player and be like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll eat some of the costs. And it'll be the same cost as Kairu, but you say a guy who's actually going to pluck and play defense, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how else you kind of cut it, but maybe the locker room needs to shake up like that because it's whatever they're putting out on the ice is is just not working. Yeah, I, I'm with you. They, they definitely need to shake up and they need it sooner than later. I, I know you say it is early and there is to be said, you know, something to be said with that because I mean, there you've are lost, teams. You've, you've lost 10% of the season in a row. I mean, look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so there's plenty of time to turn it around to at least get that wild card situation going. I mean, and you can't expect these teams that are currently where they are to just stay stay put as we talked about in the last episode uh, me and my boy Alex we kind of went and, and through each division and talked about like each team that's sitting on it and as of right now Boston New Jersey Dallas and Vegas after a couple of games are are still sitting at the top of their of their divisions but anything could happen um speaking of which how about that New Jersey Devils started off shitty and then kind of came back around I mean uh I, and I I had to point that out because you told me, you know, as as we started off our predictions for the season, you thought there was no way in hell this team was going to turn it on. What What's your take on what they've got going on? It's interesting because, like, looking at things, like, they're winning, like, the, the games that they're winning, that the games that I feel like matter lately have been, like, close games. And they've been regulation, like, 4-3 win against Edmonton, 4-3 win against Calgary in overtime. 
Uh, go back a few games prior to that one nothing shutout against the Avalanche. Wow, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know stuff like that where it's just like, why is this team winning? Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then like there's games where they'll, you know, beat the teams that they should beat. And then there's games where they just get blown out. Like they beat the Blue Jackets seven to one because Blue Jackets just blow. Quite honestly, yeah. Um, poor... Hope you're having fun up there, Johnny Hockey. By the way, yeah, no I literally I think about that like almost every other day and have like a slight chuckle to myself that that dude thought he was just making the right decision. And you know what? Maybe he did for his family. But holy hell, like he's he's got to be getting used to losing for quite some time. I mean, yeah. even Line A can't stay healthy. He's been injured twice already now this season, and yeah, yeah. it's rough. It's yeah, it's it's definitely rough. But they, I, I I don't know if you've caught a lot. I know you're busy lately, but the the Devils games have been fun. Like they do have like this weird kind of like hype aura around them, where it seems like the the guys in that locker room are clicking. Yeah. And obviously, Jesper Bratt, eighteen points now. He put up another. No, I think nineteen. He put up an assist tonight, and he 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 he's betting on himself and turning down. He's going to be an RFA, so he was turning down contracts, eight-year contracts left and right from the New Jersey Devils. So he's like in a contract year, if you will. Like he's he's fighting for basically to get that ten million dollar payment. So like watching him has been exciting. Obviously, Nico Hishier is having himself a hell of a year. Um, they're young, they're fast. So it's yeah. been it's been fun hockey to watch. And as you you mentioned, I didn't even realize all the plethora of wins that they've been pulling out of their ass. Like yeah, a nine, one to nine, 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 nine in the last ten, and like yeah, the wins that they're winning against teams that they sh- probably arguably shouldn't be beating on paper, and then to also be doing it with a tandem of Vitek Banachek and Mackenzie Blackwood, who did just I think go on IR for a few weeks, but like, and and like what's crazy is like you look at their stats and like they're not great, they're not good at all. Yeah, some, nine, some of the worst save percentage for Banachek, Blackwood eighty eight save percentage, but he's four and two. Right. Fuck. Fuck if I know how that works. Just finding ways for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. And again, it too, it's like the guys you're expecting to get production from, you're getting Jesper Brad again, Betty on self, motivated as, as hell, motivated as fuck to, to, you know, get paid. Nico Heischer, you know, point per game. Jack Hughes, finally being Jack Hughes, everyone's hoping point per game player. You know, Dougie Hamilton, solid production from D side as well. Like they're guys you expect to be good and, Everyone else is kind of chipping in. I think the underrated ad there was uh, was Ryan Graves, I think, too, um, on D. But oh uh, yeah, he he came over from Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. So he's doing solid too in terms of like some offensive production and being on the right side of the puck. But um, I mean, yeah, I think that's great too. I mean, I I think what's interesting, like the two teams that have always struck me as like very similar in terms of having like veteran players lately, especially having like you know goaltending that if you're a fan of the team you're like all right yeah i believe in this but like everyone's like ah it's not so great like bennington and grice kind of sucks it's like pittsburgh penguins like they got these this this big trio right of malkin crosby latang they're four and eight four six and two um not much better than the blues you know but at the same time like yeah they got tristan yari and what's his face who's he jari's hurt right i'm pretty Uh, sure i don't think he's i don't think he's hurt um, I'm blanking on the Penguins backup goalie right now. DeSmith, Casey DeSmith. DeSmith, yeah. Yeah, and it's like okay. That's like a Grice-esque, I feel like caliber goalie, but younger. Um, and yeah, I mean you look at these guys and and you just see stuff like 
the the they points lit. are there. The points are there for uh, the Penguins, which is really wild. I mean, Crosby has 14 points in 12 games, six goals, eight assists. So he's being Crosby. You mentioned, you know, the three-headed monster with Malkin as well, 12 points. But then you got Rust still contributing decent amount, and Getzel and Zuck, Zucker has eight points. I mean, it's here's not the, bad. Yeah, here's the thing, right? You look at their schedule. They've lost both their games and regulations to the Kraken this year. They lost six to three to the Sabres. They what lost to the Flames, lost to the Oilers. You know, they lost to the Canadians in overtime, like games that they should like. Those are probably of those of four of those, the Seattle game, probably the Buffalo game, probably the Montreal game, all games they should win. They don't. They lose five one to the Canucks who shit the bed out of the out of the gate too on a back to back, mind you, like stuff like that is just it's just not adding up. And like, yeah, they're getting the production, but like they tend to not get the goaltending to really go along with it. I mean, Yari and DeSmith are both over three. In the threes, yeah. So, I mean, season's kind of crazy so far. Yeah, someone mentioned this might be the first year if it continues in this direction that both the Pens and the Caps wouldn't make playoffs. Like if, I mean, obviously we're once again very early in the season, but it's crazy that we're seeing these, these other teams emerge and, and do things. And I th- it's, I think more than that, this could be the first time in a really long time where you see like a bunch of new blood and a sense of teams that didn't make it last year, make it this year too. Like, I mean, again, as it stands right now, New Jersey leading followed by the Islanders props to them for being nine and five out of the gate. Got Detroit coming in who missed. You got Philly coming in right now. Who's the wild card spot. Number one, that's four out of the East. Go to the West, you have, what, Seattle, Winnipeg. So that's two there. And then Dallas leading the division, which is fucking nuts in its own right. Um, Yeah, I mean, granted, again, we're 15, 17, 18% through the season for some teams. Like, there's a lot of hockey to go. But uh, very interesting, different start. That's I'll for be, sure. Yeah, I'll put it this way. If the Blues get Bedard, it'll be worth it. The Blues miss the playoffs and don't get a top two or three pick, then yeah, yeah, a lot of shit's going to change. They need to they need to miss playoffs if they're going to continue to play like this because, as you know, being a Blues fan for many years, I, I know all too well the pain of just the first-round exit and never getting... Keeping that 20-plus year streak alive of making playoffs. and Right, it, and it doesn't... Stuff do anything if you have no honest chance of, of winning the cup it just sucks ass that you're not really in that draft lottery situation you know yeah. um speaking of the new york islanders as you kind of touched base on them i just thought this was interesting so matthew barzell has yet to score top line center right and he's got 14 assists not a single goal like that has to be some kind of record I don't know. I mean, not a record probably, but like for a guy of his caliber to expect that time like, on ice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and to be fair, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, he, he hasn't put up crazy goal numbers in his career. He's always hovered right below 20. Uh, but yeah, still to be have a point per game, literally over a point per game average with no goals is wild. Um, yeah, he's third in the entire league in assists right now that's with fine. 14. Keep him I mean, off the it, goal sheet. Guy, guy's soft. He dives on the ice. He's no <laughs> garbage player. What's up, goons? Tyler Cash here from the Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast, interrupting today's episode to talk about our newest sponsor, Jesse Ray's Barbecue. 
Las Vegas barbecue has become a style of its own over the years. To sum it up with one word, it's perfection. Come try their award-winning slow-smoked ribs, chicken, pulled pork, hot links, and brisket. When I stopped in, I made sure I ordered the fortress, and it was delicious. Let me tell you what, come in hungry or come with a bunch of friends because there's a lot of delicious food on that plate. They offer barbecue catering, dining in, takeout, delivery, and they also sell their award-winning barbecue sauce by the bottle. They just opened a location in Henderson at 308 North Boulder Highway. And of course, they have their original location located right behind Mandalay Bay at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. They're open Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. For delivery, call 702-541-5546. Once again, that number is 702-541-5546. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Jesse Ray's Barbecue. And let me tell you what, ever since I moved out here to the desert two years ago, no other barbecue compares. Jesse Ray's is the real deal. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. We already know Schlafly Brewing Company is back to sponsor another season of Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast. But did you know that Schlafly is responsible for some of the best tasting craft beer I've ever had? No joke. One of my favorites they offer is the White Lager. Lagers are usually bright and clear. Theirs takes the focus away from those qualities by emphasizing an orange zest and silky finish. Their rare style dates back to the Middle Ages where beer was matured in deep vaults for months before emerging smooth and rich in vitamins. It remains unfiltered from keg to cup, bringing to life a German tradition with a twist. My family is German and we love this beer. They also had the Just A Bit Hazy IPA. Their coffee stout dropped on Halloween weekend. Make sure you check them out on www.schlafly.com. That's S-C-H-L-A-F-L-Y.com. You can find them at Schlafly on Twitter or Schlafly Beer on Instagram. Schlafly Beer. Drink Mo Beer. Are you looking to sell your home? How about finally buying your dream home? Well, then look no further than Sin City Properties and my boy Adam Neglick, the smooth skating agent from Realty One Group. This is a true story, not just an ad read. My mom recently moved halfway across country from St. Louis, Missouri to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, and Adam was the man. Not only did he help her find her dream home, he made sure it was a smooth transition financially. He even helped us move. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about dealing with realtors, but a lot of times they're uppity, they're hard to talk to. That's not my boy, Adam. He's a beauty to talk to. He's a hockey fan. He's a great guy. So let me put you in touch with him. Go to SinCityProperties.com or you can call him at 702-335-2156. Once again, that's Adam Neglick, the smooth skating agent from Realty One Group. You can go to SinCityProperties.com. You can get a free market analysis and he'll help you find your dream home today. All right. So, um, not too much to talk about this week uh, other than how wild and wacky everything has been. And I feel like the best way to tie in the wackiness is that Mr. Deadpool Canadian actor himself, Ryan Reynolds, has decided to potentially purchase the Ottawa Senators. And that's a lot of fun, right? Took, like it, Took in a game tonight. They put a yeah, on Botron. 
And as you mentioned, they they started a chant, right? By the, crowd. the team. By <laughs> the team. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I'm all for, you know, unorthodox ways of, of bringing new and, and fun, exciting creativity to the game, you know? Like, we're going to be bringing in people that have no idea. Especially, like, can you imagine, like, him being, like, the face kind of the franchise? He's not going to just be an owner that isn't around at all. Like, he'll be a part of commercials, maybe advertisement, maybe even merchandising if you wanted to get creative. I mean, if there's one team in the league that is due for an overhaul when it comes to that, it's the Ottawa Senators. I mean, shit, just a couple of years ago, they were having to tarp off seats because they weren't able to fill out their arena. So, um, it got me thinking, right? Ryan Reynolds wants to buy a hockey team and obviously he's a man of money and stature and he's able to make this happen. We're not like, we don't have money, but I thought it might be fun to pretend if money wasn't an ob- object, what team would we purchase and what would we do to that team to help them succeed? And obviously we have to remove the blues and the Knights sure. from the scenario, I, I think this would be a, a fun little question. Like, and obviously those listening at home and watching at home, uh, we want to hear from you as well. Like what you would do, like relocating a team who you would spend money on, like what kind of direction would you take it? I mean, all the rules out the window. And yeah, uh, if you want, you can go first or I can go first. Uh, yeah. I kind of wanted you to go first. Cause I want to see if you pick who I think you're going to you, pick. You know, you know who, I'm gonna pick you, who I think it is. I think it'd be great to uh, turn the goats around, buddy. Okay. Get them, get okay. Going. So, how are you turning this team around as as the owner? Day one. What are you doing? So, I think day one, it's I think from day one once you're in there, I think it's what the owner's probably doing right now and the GM is like making sure first and foremost you get a fucking deal in Tempe, so you can actually get a new stadium built. That's apparently the rumor. The rumor, not the rumor, but like apparently the council is recommending like we don't want to vote on this for political interest. So we're going to put it to the voters. So it's going to be a public vote, I think, to actually determine yes or no if the stadium gets okay. built. Okay. See if there's any interest. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a fair move. Um, I mean, that being said, I think like this is when you start. I think like it's it's I don't think there's a way to like just immediately be like, boom, like here's here's people who are going to compete. I think it's three year plan. And I think year three you go out and you get Austin Matthews. You bring him <laughs> home. Salary caps going up. You know, if they suck enough this year, you get Bedard. You know, who knows? Maybe you get another bottom five pick next year. And then boom, you know, you, he can Austin Matthews can join the likes of what Coyotes Legends, you know, Pavel, you know, Datsuk, but actually suit up and play a game and Marion Hosa and and you know, Hall of Famers and put his name in the echelon of the, of the Yotes franchise, like some of these other greats. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It's like, you can set this team up for success. You can have some fun here these couple of years. Sure. People are going to make fun of you for the joke of locker rooms, the joke of amenities, your 5,000 sort of player stand arena. I think it's great. Like for what it's worth, like people like, here's, here's the beauty of it, right? No one talked about coyotes hockey for the last three, four five years except when they're potentially getting evicted from their last arena or haha coyotes suck. Here's another meme pretty much about the coyotes and them sucking and signing some guy who's never going to play again. So cool. Have fun with it. Make it your own fucking thing. Have people talk about you in a sense. That's not like our team sucks, 
maybe our arena is goofy in the situation that we're in. But like, again, you got like a whole like what three, four hundred students who can come to the game for like 20, 25 bucks, dress up in I, fucking banana costumes and just get wasted. And like, you know, people it's great. People are shitting on the whole Sun Devils scenario. And yeah, it's funny because it's almost like a real life movie of Major League where they're purposely tanking like or the owners just not giving the team what they need to like succeed so they're in the shitty locker room and they they can't really have their 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 presence be on the ice like they want it to be and it's in a small arena dude you could really make a movie out of it with like the 5000 cap with all the people partying like you said banana suits all all the above i people are shitting on it but i think it's going to help grow the team because it's a much smaller arena. It's going to look crazier. It's going to look more packed. You got biz from chicklets and he's pumping everyone's tires on that and making everyone excited for it. And I, I don't know. I think it's going to be good for the team. Now, here's my question for you though. Are you willing to pay Austin Matthews the amount of money that it's going to yeah. take to get him to come to there? I'm talking so, so, so that's 15, the, 16 million. He's got to be up there. That's the thing though. Right. It's like, I don't think you need to get there. If you can be like, yo, we got Connor Bedard. Yeah, look what he's done these last years, assuming he meets expectations. Like, you can play with this fucking guy. I'll feed you passes until you're, like, 50 years old if you want to be here that long. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, I think stuff like that, I mean, you can... I mean, <laughs> the Coyotes, except for two guys, don't have a contract. Three guys don't have a contract longer than four years. That's it. So when yeah. Nas Matthews comes in, like... You got whoever you want. I'll go sign whoever you want. We got great depth coming up. We have fucking what? What is this? Seven picks next year. 14 picks the year following. Nine, 10 picks the next year. You know, they're all going to be shit picks. And like, you can come in here and lead this franchise and lead your hometown to a cup. Like, done. I, I, I personally don't see his ego shrinking down that small to go play in such a small market as much as he probably would love to go home. I don't think he's there in his career yet. Kind of like when Matty Kachuk didn't come to St. Louis, I think they're not quite there yet. So like, that's the thing. It's not as small as market. I think as people make it out to be, it's small because they've sucked for over a decade because they they put their fans an hour away in Glendale, which was great for football. Go travel and fucking get wasted and tailgate for hockey, doing that 40 times a year. Not so great. When they go to the playoffs, the whiteouts were fantastic. The Shane Doan, Keith Kachuk era was great, even though he didn't have any success. Like shit like that, where like they were talked about. No one said they weren't a hockey town. Yeah. They weren't 100% a hockey town there. It's like any town. Just talent plays. So money, you're saying money pays talent plays. Well, in your so you're saying location of the arena is like a huge factor as to why the team hasn't. All okay, of the cause... money, all of the money is not on the east side of Phoenix in Glendale where it was. It's now on the it's not, so it's not on the west side where Glendale was. It's on the east side where like Tempe Scottsdale is very, very where the rich kids honestly go to ASU. And the rich families live in Scottsdale, both like what 10, 15 minutes from the arena. Huge difference than oh, I gotta drive out to Glendale at seven o'clock for an hour and sit in traffic on a Tuesday night. I'm not going to do that to watch my team suck ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I don't blame anybody for not doing it. Fair. I did like how they gave away mullets for their, that was their sick. Home the opener. mullet arena, the, the mullet arena, See, like, shit that... like that. Make it fun. Make it. Yeah, your own. I, my thing is I think they should lean into it a little bit. They should have fun and they should lean into the, the jokes. 
you know, and and do they even have a mascot? Do the Coyotes have like a like yeah, a howler? Okay, well they need to they need to lean into it. They need to have more fun with it for sure. Have have uh have the mullet nights and and have the the dollar beer nights on a on a camp a college campus. Like I don't know if that'd get, get these get, get these uh I don't know get get the like the the league talking get the world talking about it. And as you said, Austin Matthews can do that. Um, are you going to make sure the Kashina jerseys are are uh, full time, or are you going to revamp thousand, them? Thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. No, no question. Well, I do want to add before I get into my pick, and and my pick is kind of reasoning around this as well. Is uh, the Arizona Coyotes last season had the third lowest attendance in the league, uh, at just an average of a little over eleven thousand. Not actually as bad as I thought. Only the Sabers and the Senators are below them. Um, so here's my take. If I had all the money in the world to buy a team, first of all, I'm uprooting them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full madness, right? Okay. I'm taking the Jets out of Winnipeg, and I'm bringing them back to Atlanta, baby. I'm okay. literally bringing back the Atlanta Thrashers. You want to talk I, about a non-hockey market? <laughs> there you have it. Right, but here's the thing: the '90s nostalgia is in, like. I feel like that team wasn't given a fair opportunity. They were barely around and they didn't give them enough chance to really properly develop. And they had they had guys on the team, right? I think Chris Chelios played for the Thrashers, right? And Confirmed. and uh and Hosa and I don't know. I uh Paul Paul did Paul Bissonette no no uh, Buffalo Buffalo played for him too. He Chuck played for a hot minute. And Evander Kane. Wow. These are things that you can lean into. Um I'm ripping them out of Winnipeg. They need to shake things up. I'm putting them in Atlanta and I'm 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 changing the the whole logo. I'm going to go back to the Thrashers in, in in a certain sense. Um I think that would hype it up. I think Winnipeg has just been here, right? Like they've they a traditional hockey market that's not really a traditional hockey market anymore. Like they don't have that prestigious past that the Habs have or the Leafs have and honestly they even though they it's, found... it's, it's in Phoenix. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about. I, did I? No, I said Winnipeg. I'm talking yeah, about Winnipeg. The, the Jets were. Oh, the original Jets got moved to Phoenix. Oh, that's right. That's right. So doesn't that technically mean that the, the well, not the Coyotes, but Phoenix has had a cup? Or is that what we're saying? Because didn't the Jets win a cup like way back when? I don't think so. I could be wrong. I yeah. It. I they they need to shake things up. And you know what? If they won't no. let me. Okay, if they won't let me uproot their team, I'm just going to change the name. The Jets are out. The Thrashers are in. Um, I'm going to go out there and I'm, I'm going to try to and have more fun with it and take the traditionalism out of it. The whiteouts are only going so far in the playoffs. You know, the, the coach of the Winnipeg Jets put his hands up and just walked away from the team because he didn't know what the fuck to do. I They need to change things up, uh, you know, Shifley and Wheeler can only do so much. Hellebuck is really pissing away his his prime with this team. Uh, I think a change of scenery, I, I think uh, bringing back the Thrasher's logo would be tight. And um, yeah, and, and maybe finding that uh, a face of the franchise to to kind of to, to move forward. I, I, I guess I can't also go after Austin Matthews, sure but can. I, I mean, I'm going to throw some money at him, right? I'm going to be like, okay, Arizona's offering you 15. How about 20, bud? I don't care. I don't care. I, 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 <laughs> I have I, no success with a $20 million <laughs> player. Um, 
anyways yeah so thank you guys so much for for supporting us we're coming up on 100 episodes like before we know it we're gonna have 100 episodes been doing this for four years it's a blast we want to thank our sponsors for for doing such a great job sponsoring us we didn't get to answer a lot of questions last last week all right quick quick question and then we'll get out of here penalties with under a minute left in overtime should they lead to a penalty shot interesting question simple answer and this is what i wanted forever no but that player should not be allowed to do participate in the shootout why your best players, your best scores are on the ice, right? If right. it's penalty, you don't score, you're not allowed to shoot. End of story. That why that's not a thing blows my mind. Like if you had a, I don't know, a Jack Eichel take a penalty with 30 seconds left in overtime, all he gets to play now. If you had a Vladimir Tarasenko do the same thing, why he still got penalties serve? Like why is that not advantageous past overtime? I feel like like is it a big thing? No, but like if you do that, like yeah, don't fucking shoot. That's how it should be. That's fair. And I've talked about this before. I think that overtime should just be a continuous three V three V three and that every penalty should result in a penalty shot. Yeah. Is what I is what I, mean, I thought. That's how Chell is online for what it's worth in the video games, so awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you go back and listen to our last episodes. They're they've all been a blast so far this season. And uh follow us on social media. Cheers, everybody. Later everyone. 